What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting preview for this week's Zozo Championship. We will look at outrights, talk through some options for maybe some finishing positions, matchups, one and done. And if the props are available, we'll chat through the props as well. Uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into it. Okay, this is the grid over at Odds Checker. Uh, this this really has just become a go to tool for me um, to easily shop the odds. I know as Everything is being regulated state by state. Some of you might have more and more options. And if you're trying to get the best lines, uh, this is honestly the best way to do it. Like you'll see, for example, while Xander Shoffley is the favorite, 9-1, to one, that's the shortest that you can get him. Sung J.M., also, some places nine to one. DraftKings nine to one. But if you have access to Caesars, it's twelve to one. That's a big difference. So the ability to get uh, a couple of extra points, and not just for the guys at the top, but for the guys all the way down the board, uh, rather enticing. Okay, so the way that I look at this, Sung J M, as I noted uh, earlier in the week on Monday, I was using the nine to one number from DraftKings, which would have been uh, the shortest odds that we've ever seen on Sung J M. Um, I think it's well-deserved. You know, if you start looking at the state of his game and how it compares to uh, winners and how it honestly compares to uh, the other guy who's the favorite, Xander Shoffley, you're going to find a lot of similarities. You're going to see someone who is incredibly well-rounded, who rarely plays himself out of a golf tournament and is is at the top of his game right now. Um, This ability to drive the ball probably does not get enough credit for Sungjae, right? I think most people realize, okay, he's a great iron player he gets dialed in we see him make a lot of putts on the greens uh he has this deft short game touch all that fun stuff I don't think anyone realizes how good he is off the tee he's gained strokes off the tee in every event since the masters and I'm not talking about a half a stroke or a stroke we're talking about three four five in that category let me pull up the power rankings and see just how good he compares to the rest of this field Here you go. Over the last 50 rounds, which is a long time, it's basically six months, Sungjae Im, second to only Cameron Young in strokes gained off the tee. And we know Cam Young is uh, just an elite, elite talent uh, driving it long and straight. So uh, super shout out to uh, Sungjae Im here. Again, I'm, I'm not one to live at the top of this board, uh, but much easier to swallow a 12 to one number uh, for Sungjae than the nine to one number. So if you have access to, to Caesars, that's probably the path that I'd like to go down. When I ran the simulation for this event, so this is the tournament predictor where on rickrungood.com, uh, it simulates the event a thousand times. Sungjae M won at 5.8% of the time. It's actually uh, lower than I would have liked to, to see. I don't necessarily use this uh, or, or any one thing as kind of the end-all be-all, um, but he did have one of the highest top five rates, which I think is... Interesting because he's going to put himself in in contention quite a bit. The two guys that led the simulation victories were Xander Shoffley and Colin Morikawa. Now, Morikawa won at 7.7% of the time. And once you get to that 14 to 1 number, you can see that's a value at DraftKings. It's a a value at BetMGM. It's a a value anywhere you can get him at 14 to 1 because he's winning the golf tournament more often in the simulation than his implied win odds for being 14 to 1. So if you want to see another example, Hideki Matsuyama also 14 to 1. He won the simulation 5.8% of the time, which would not be enough. So if you just want to blindly follow the tournament predictor, Morikawa is the guy. And um 
I think I've spent enough time this week describing how I feel about about Colin Morikawa and the idea that um, you know what we see from him is super on brand. You know, he can lose six strokes with the putter; that's fine. He's still a, a great approach player. Um, I get a lot of questions, so I've kind of been tracking this. Hey, just like blindly bet so and so every single week, and there are benefits to being able to do that, right? Um, there is the natural benefit of of not having to worry about timing, right? And if if a guy that you liked last week misses the cut or finished T six, shouldn't you just go right back to him again this week? So it, that kind of removes a lot of uh, that thought process, or at least betting the same guy for five or six events in a row and i get a lot of questions like rick okay the new season just started or the new year is coming up in january i want to choose one guy to bet every single week who should it be and i think right now my two favorite answers to this question are our sahith tagala who's also playing this week someone that you're going to get some decent odds on and when you start comparing it to the grid and some of the fields that he's going to be in. Um, let's see. He's 45 to 1 this week. And I think you're going to get some fields where he's 60 or 80. And then I also think you're going to get some fields where it's weaker and he's like 25. It gives you a good range across the board. I like his upside. I still think the answer is Colin Morikawa, right? For like your elite guy. He has proven he can win major championships. He has proven that odds makers are going to let his odds drift at times. He is the type of golfer that you want when it comes to kind of win equity and upside the ball striking gives him a solid floor and he's got a 10 stroke range with the putter minus six to plus four right i mean that's that's kind of what you want here so um if i were blindly betting two golfers this year and i and i do it with victor hovland as well but like that 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 i feel like is my answer to the question uh that i get quite often about who would i be betting every single event the more comfortable range is, you know, after Cam Young at 16 and when you start to get into the 20s. Uh, Victor Hovland, 22 to 1. Terrell Hatton, 27, which is the longest. He's uh, 20 to 1 at his shortest. Corey Connors, 29. Um, this is a very interesting range, right? We've got win equity with, with Victor. We've got uh, a, a through line of uh, the par threes, which is something that uh, since there's five of them at, at this golf course that uh, you kind of want guys that are going to be able to pick apart the, the par threes. Terrell Hatton gains a ton of strokes on par threes, 27 to 1. Let's just dive into Hatton real quick because I think he also... Um, no, I'm thinking of somebody else who I'll get to in, in just a second. But the last two times we've seen Terrell Hatton, he's gained 11 strokes to the field in each of those starts. At 8th at the Italian Open, at T7 at the Alfred Dunhill. We have not seen Hatton actually cash a victory in quite some time, right? The January of 2021, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary. Um, but this feels like kind of a decent spot to roll him out. He is a winner across the board in uh, or a gainer across the board in all the strokes gained categories over his last 100 rounds. So I get the vibe around Terrell Hatton, especially if you are shopping it and can get that 27 to 1 number. 29 to 1 is Corey Connors, who um, rates out uh, rates out okay in the tournament simulator, right? He wins at 4.2% of the time, which is certainly much more than his career win rate. Um, you know, this is giving a lot of credit to the 100 round version of Corey Connors and not necessarily the 12 ish round version of Corey Connors. I actually think Connors is 
uh, probably a better DFS play than he is an outright bet. One, because um, historically he's only won once, right? I mean, there's there's not a ton of win equity there. And also, I do not think he's going to be all that popular. And I think getting him in games where game theory matters uh, is a little bit better. Maybe even a one-and-done option, which will talk about more in just a few minutes because uh you know what's the likelihood that Corey Connors actually wins this golf tournament pretty low what's the likelihood that he outperforms his expectation at a low ownership well that's much more reasonable because I think expectations are low uh I think ownership is is not going to be uh prohibitive and if you just took the 100 round version of Corey Connors and put him on this golf course it would be a pretty good fit for him so um this is me continually warming on Corey Connors as as the week goes on but I think just deploying him in the right formats uh and not necessarily with an outright wager is the place that I want to do that. Uh, the 30s. Uh, there's two guys in the 30s that have my attention. For the most part, it's Tommy Fleetwood, who I've discussed quite a bit this week. It also looks like a large discrepancy across some of uh, the odds makers. You've got uh, Tommy as long as 35 to 1, as short as 22 to 1. Odds makers have either taken wagers that they feel are sharp enough to move the number on Tommy, or they're just confused and don't really know where to put them. So if you can get him kind of in that 35 range, uh, I think that's well warranted on a golf course that he's played well and he can give this thing a run. The probably the more interesting option is Siwoo. And we covered this a lot on the, uh, on the DFS preview, but you really only get a few opportunities at this. And what I mean by that is that Siwoo has seemingly plugged the biggest leak in his game. You know, he loses 21 strokes putting over his last three events of last season. He goes, makes the change to the broomstick putter, uh, finishes fifth at an Asian Tour event, was awesome at the President's Cup, and then finishes T8 and gains strokes putting in Las Vegas last week. That We are now in a very short window, right, where I don't think you need to be a Siwoo Kim investor for long to see a little bit of that proper return on your investment, right? So think about this. If Siwoo is now a much improved putter, uh, he is likely to contend more often. The more he continues to contend, the shorter his number is going to continue to get in a lot of these places. He's going to get a lot more respect. More money is going to come in on him. You're you're not going to get him as at, at good at, at good enough odds. If he is if he goes back to being a poor putter again, which is which is not unlikely right we've seen guys go out make a change it works well for a couple weeks and then bad habits start to creep in bad thoughts start to creep in you have a bad you know these guys are constantly changing for a reason so I think it is a very small window for Siwoo Kim you know this is the Zozo uh as a as a CJ guy you are expecting him to play the CJ Cup uh next week at at, at Congaree um I I think I think we've got kind of a a finite window where we need to bet Siwoo probably this week next week see what it looks like after that and um if he wins great if he doesn't and the metrics are still good and we can still get great odds on him fine if the metrics start to turn sour maybe he starts losing the putting we can just move on right and and what we know about Siwoo is when he's at his best uh absolute elite ball striker plenty of upside can get can get to the ceiling so I I think this is um I think it's a bet this week I think it's a bet next week and depending on what the um you know what the metrics look like it might be it might be a bet uh, the week after that further down the grid is where things get a little bit more difficult um you know historically these are guys that are probably not going to win 
78 player no cut events with a top heavy structure. I mentioned briefly on the Monday show, I don't believe this field is as strong as past fields. And actually, I could look that up and see if I could put a number on that. Yeah. So this week is a 186. Last year was a 225, and the CJ Cup was a 613. Um, man, and Shriners last year was 414 because those back to back weeks in Las Vegas. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm uh, correct in saying that this is not as top heavy of a field as we have seen. So um, I'm not as overly optimistic about these guys in the 40 to 50 to range, but I think that they offer a better opportunity to win this week than maybe some of the other fields that we have historically seen at these events or similar type events like WGCs and whatnot. So that leaves me with a couple of guys here. Um, Sepp Straka, again, finite window, right? What he's done over his last three is spectacular, and we can continue to ride this until the metrics tell us otherwise. Excuse me. The one thing that I like about Sepp Straka is he has a legitimate ceiling of winning. Um, when he there, there are guys in this range like maybe Lucas Herbert or maybe Christian Bezadenhout or you know Kurt Kitayama. We don't know for sure that when they find their ceiling, it might not be good enough to win. However, I don't feel that way about Sepp Straka. I, I I know his ceiling uh, is capable of winning because he he won the Honda Classic. He finished runner up at a uh, playoff event and then went to a playoff at the Sanderson farm. So he played well enough to beat everyone in regulation except one guy. Then Mackenzie Hughes nabbed him in a playoff. So I do love the actual winning upside there. And that number is kind of all over the place as well. 50 to one is the longest you can get it. 37 is as short as you can get it outside of that. I'm not super stoked on outright bets on any of these guys. I think I'd buy back in on Kurt Kitayama in a DFS format, Emiliano Grillo, just so that we can, um, you know, keep track of what his putter has been up to. That is, uh, I believe we're at seven straight weeks, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight weeks in which he's gained strokes uh, with the putter. That's still good to see. So we're talking about finishing positions for Emiliano Grillo. And then, you know, that's probably as far down as I'm interested in. You know, Steven Yeager, like maybe a top 20 from 110 to 1 outright number would be interesting. I like the way Yeager plays. And the other one would be Hayden Buckley, who's got back-to-back top 20s. I didn't think he played particularly well last week. Still earned a top 20. His number's all over the place, as long as 130, as short as 70. So if you can get like a top 20 or even a top, uh, no, probably top 20 in this field for Hayden Buckley off of an outright number that's like 130. I think you're doing a pretty good job. I'm seeing Buckley's uh, top 20 number at like plus 275 right now. And that's to beat, um, you know, about a two, three quarters of the field, right? Finishing the top 25% of the field or so with a 78 player field. So um, not a huge ask. And if you can get the right number, I think it's it's certainly reasonable. Uh, let me see if I can find some matchups for us here. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. 
love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, so I was just kind of clicking through some of these, and the one that really stood out to me, uh, well, two of them. Actually, they they ran us back with Tom Hoagie and Siwoo Kim. That was one that um, I had a big play on last week and had to sweat it the entire time, and Tom Hoagie uh, finally pulled it out at the end. But this one right here, Cam Davis minus 125 versus Andrew Putnam. Just looking at that, I mean, you got to think this is a huge mismatch, don't you? Cam Davis has been spectacular. We know that. It's very well documented. Uh, so I went and I plugged it into the head-to-head matchup tool on rickrungood.com. This allows you to plug in any two golfers, choose the number of rounds, and see kind of what the odds should be. It's very, very close. Uh, 50.36 for Cam Davis, 49.64 for Andrew Putnam. It's probably a no bet, but I want to point out a couple of things because there's there's things that are um, of note. Number one, how is Andrew Putnam playing this well? So you go, you look at his golfer profile. Look at this. That is a six-event stretch in which he's gained a lot of strokes to the field. Uh, T11, T27, T5, that was a playoff event. T43, and then uh, the last two starts in Jackson and Vegas, T30, T12. Iron play, great. Putter, as always, great. I, I am stunned to see how well Andrew Putnam is playing. So... I don't know if it's necessarily against Cam Davis, but if we can find some matchups for Andrew Putnam or some showdown options or um, maybe he's a DFS play, I think that's interesting. The reason that I say showdown, DFS, things like that, because if you go back to uh, the head-to-head the matchups tools here, it tells you how often he gains uh, a certain number of strokes. So you can see, especially this matchup against Cam Davis, Cam Davis gains strokes, gains one, gains two, or gains three in a round much more often than Andrew Putnam does. But Putnam gets it, ties him at four strokes or more per round and beats him at five strokes per round. So Putnam is kind of a more volatile option uh, than Cam Davis is, but they're both getting very, very similar results over the last 36 rounds. And they're basically the same player in terms of strokes gain total 1.04 for Cam Davis, 1.02 for Andrew Putnam. This one here I'm intrigued with. Uh, Mito Pereira over Maverick McNeely. DraftKings has it at minus 120 for Mito, even money for. Maverick. So a couple of items here. Uh, if you go shortish term, 12 rounds, you're going to get the good stuff of Mito. What is also being counted here uh, in terms of total strokes gained for Maverick McNeely is his great finish in Vegas last week in which he gained 10 strokes with the putter which is the second best putting week he's ever had his entire career. So this is not necessarily taking into account um, what is likely to be a regression with the flat stick pretty significantly, probably four to five strokes worth, if not way more. Um, And and that's likely to come off Matt McNeely's total. Mito Pereira probably headed in a different direction, upward trajectory. McNeely likely headed in a downward trajectory. Uh, That one caught my attention. The final one that I thought was fascinating is Terrell Hatton as a pretty significant dog, plus 115 over Cam Young, minus 140. So we showed earlier back-to-back top eight finishes for Terrell Hatton. So if you kind of keep that three starts, that 12 rounds, uh, I actually have Hatton as the favorite here. 55% of the time he beats Cam Young. If you start to go a little more, right, if we get to 24, I bet you this is going to start to swing 
in Cam Young's favor. This is a uh, a pretty big sample size, and I think we're going to get some good. No, it it's actually going more in favor of Terrell Hatton, sixty percent. How far do we have to go? Because we're gonna we probably aren't hitting some of these good Cam Young starts yet. Wow, twenty four rounds wasn't good enough to get him there. There you go. 36 is though. So if you're willing to play kind of the shorter term 24, 12 round version of these and realize that Hatton is a big gainer on the par threes and there's a ton of them here, uh, you're getting plus money on the guy who might legit be the favorite on this. Not a huge favorite, but might be the favorite and you're getting him at plus money. So that's the one that um, has my attention the most. Okay. Uh, Let me see if props are out yet. All right, no props out on prize picks yet. What I will tell you is um, guys that don't particularly drive it accurately, I would look for unders on greens. And you're like, Rick, what are you talking about? That's You're talking about fairways. No, 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 I'm talking about greens. Uh, you know, these greens are kind of hard to hit. They're a little bit smaller because uh, they've got to have spots for, for two greens up there on every single hole. But um, there are some spots the, tr- the trees will get a little claustrophobic at times. They will block you out a little bit at times. So if you are not super accurate off the tee, um, you could get into a spot where you're now missing more greens and kind of the opposite way. You know, if you believe in the long-term, um, the long-term form of Corey Connors, like he'd, he'd be someone that I'd be interested in buying low on taking his over on greens, right? Because if you can just reset this guy he doesn't miss a lot of fairways. When he does, he doesn't miss by much. And then he's a great, a great approach player. So um, that that's someone that I would look for, kind of over greens, and then someone who might spray it a little bit more uh, to kind of take under on greens. And then we'll see what the scoring averages are. You know, the the, the greens are probably going to run at like a ten and a half on the stamp. They're not going to be super difficult. I do think you'll see a decent number of birdies in in specific rounds. Um, so when those props come out. I'll try to tweet some out or I'll put them in my in my Wednesday newsletter. If you want to be ready for that, um, go to uh, the description, use the code Rick, sign up for prize picks, get a hundred dollar deposit match, and then also uh yeah, just make sure you're 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 ready to rock and roll there. Uh if you can't wait to get your prop fix in other sports, I do also run a site called rungoodprops.com, which is just a very simple dashboard that updates every 30 minutes that pulls all the prop lines over and compares them to DraftKings. So you can see, for example, like Justin Fields passing yards on Sunday, prize picks has it at 165 and a half, while the actual line over at DraftKings is 171 and a half. So there's favorable lines. There's ones that have, um, you know, like Aaron Judge is minus 150 to score a run. Uh, but you know, a lot of these sites, the prop sites treat that like it's like it should be even money. So just an aggregated dashboard of, of props that you can compare across one another. It's run good props if you want to go check it out. Um, let's talk one and done here. So I think the quote unquote obvious play is Hideki Matsuyama. Anytime you get a defending champion who's got a great track record in Japan and you're not particularly super interested in saving him, um, I think it's fine to roll him out. The probably more appealing option would be Sung JM, who again, you're not going to get uh you're not going to get better odds on, right? Um he's somebody that like you're you're getting him at nine to one. Like when are you ever going to get Sung J at nine to one again? In a pretty like elevated purse guaranteeing him four rounds. Like when when are you going to get that again? Probably you're not. And he's the best golfer. Last last 20 rounds, he's the best golfer in this field, right? He's better better than Xander. 
I think if you want to differentiate a little bit, uh, as much as I would love to play Colin Morikawa here, that feels a bit aggressive using him uh, in October, quite frankly. Yeah, with, with all the events that are coming up, how good he is, that like I, it might be criminal to use Morikawa in October. The other interesting option would be Terrell Hatton. Uh, you know, we've been making the case kind of through the DFS show, now through this show, about how well he's setting up, how he's rating out, how this golf course might be a pretty decent uh, setup for him. I would not, and then like, what are you going to use Terrell Hatton for? Probably nothing. Maybe API, but it's going to defend. It's going to certainly depend on the state of his game. Well, we know the state of his game right now is pretty good. So I would not mind using Terrell Hatton. And also, are you going to get Terrell Hatton at twenty to one in a purse as large as this one? Probably not. Right. I I, I think that's. I don't think that that's unreasonable. So that's as far down as I'd like to go. If you wanted to get really freaky, you know, Tommy Fleetwood or um, I guess Siwoo. I'll tell you. Actually, I'll tell you what. Siwoo might be the guy. Siwoo's been playing better than Hatton, right? Um, I I think my two favorite are are Siwoo and Hatton, and and kind of running them out accordingly. Um, boy, that's actually a really tough one. I would. Um, I'm very intrigued at the Siwoo situation. I'm also pretty intrigued at Ed Hatton. So those those two will definitely be on the short list. I'm I'm, I'm positive one of them will be my one and done selections because I'll get cold feet and I'll save Sung Jay um, and I'll save Colin Morikawa and I'll probably roll out one of those two Hatton or Hatton or Siwoo. Okay, uh, let me know who you're going with. And remember, this thing starts Wednesday night, right? They're in Tokyo. It's 13 hours. Uh, ahead of East Coast time here in the States. So make sure you get everything in. Make sure you got everything all situated. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.